1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: He's the reigning king of hip-hop and has nothing to hide. Growing up on the streets of New Orleans, Lil Wayne tried it all by age 11. Surrounded by violence, he nearly lost his young life. Wayne found salvation in music, and as a teen sensation, quickly made his mark on pop culture. Then he boldly set out on a solo path to stardom. But Wayne's meteoric rise was fraught with adversity. When tragedy struck home, the damage was overwhelming. And his reckless behavior threatened to destroy him. Defiant, Wayne persevered and became one of the biggest stars in all of music. Now, hip hop's mad genius turns the mic on himself. This is Lil Wayne, the story behind the music. It is almost midnight in Newark, New Jersey. And a packed arena anxiously awaits the arrival of one of music's most popular, controversial, and enigmatic figures. At 27 years old, Lil Wayne is widely regarded as the best rapper alive and the hardest working man in show business.
0: I always say my city is the reason for my drive. The reason why I'm so motivated to do what I do. Because when you're from New Orleans, you gotta do something. You gotta do something.
3: Lil Wayne was born Dwayne Michael Carter, Jr. on September 27th, 1982, and raised in Hollygrove, an impoverished and crime-ridden neighborhood in New Orleans' 17th Ward.
4: We grew up in New Orleans, homie. It's just like it is. What you see now is what it always been. It's been like a third world to me. To live in New Orleans, like for real, for real, you living in a war zone. You know, it's ghetto life, a lot of, murders, drugs. Ain't too many houses in New Orleans that don't have a gun in them. Believe me homie. Violence
3: was a part of Dwayne's life from the very beginning. Though his parents divorced when he was two, his father still remained a looming and abusive presence.
0: He forced me and my mom to live with his mom till I was like five, but he didn't live there. He just would come drop by every other day to beat my mom and then leave and leave live with his wife.
3: Dwayne and his mother Sita soon moved out on their own, and he enrolled at Lafayette Elementary. There in the school's gifted program, he showed promise as a star student.
0: I never understood why people think a school is hard. The teacher tells you to find, figure something out that's actually written down. I never got it. Like, I just did my work.
3: But Dwayne's true passion was music. And by age nine, he was already well on his way to becoming a rapper. Dropping the D, he started calling himself Lil Wayne and began battling MCs twice his age at local block parties. That
5: dude, he came out knowing what he wanted to do and never stopped. Here comes a nine-year-old grabbing the mic, talking about what this 17 or 18-year-old boy just finished talking about probably talking about it a little better than him. To see somebody that small, that young, with that much confidence, he used to kill it, man.
3: While Wayne's dreams were taking shape in Hollygrove, across town, Brian Baby Williams and his brother Slim were building an up-and-coming rap label.
5: Cash Money Records was the biggest label in the city at the time. They were like neighborhood superstars. They had all the money, they had the cars, the music, the women. They wasn't that big yet, but to us, they
3: were big. After hearing about Wayne from one of the label's rappers, Baby set up a meeting with the nine year old outside of a neighborhood record store.
4: He was a shorty, he had a pick in his head. As I'm looking at him, he wrote a rap to me called Hollygrove, which way he from. Man, he
0: was in Hollygrove, so I had to let him know where he was at.
4: As he rapped to me, I'm saying to myself, Look at this little man, look at him, I'm saying. With some development, he could be something. From that point on, Wayne never, I just, come with me everywhere I go, anywhere I went.
3: In the summer of 1991, Lil Wayne joined Cash Money Records and the Williams brothers became his surrogate family.
0: When I was able to say I was Cash Money, that was some of the best days ever. He wanted to be the best,
6: always. And we was the avenue to try to help him fulfill his dream
3: While Baby and Slim schooled Wayne in the art of hip-hop There were some things the 6th grader learned on his own I lost my virginity when I was 11
0: Hey, I have been (laughs) I was doing that at 11 Yeah, at 11, she was like 13 We still cool to this day, shout out Yeah
3: Before the year was out, Wayne had also begun experimenting with drugs.
0: 11, man. (laughs) 11 for everything. 11 was the age. He smoked marijuana. How you doing, world? Hello. Sold marijuana. I ended up getting high on my own supply.
3: And after accidentally discovering a dealer's stash, even tried cocaine.
0: We didn't know what it was. We were that young. We didn't know if it was dope. Coke, crack, we did know what it was, we just knew it was white. Man, my mama gonna
3: kill me. At the age of 12, Lil Wayne was already immersed in the chaotic and combustible world of the New Orleans streets. But on the afternoon of November 11th, 1994, his curiosity would have dire consequences.
0: My mama ain't get off till late. You know I snoop around the room, find like damn found a pistol. <laughs> Big ass nine. and made a song about it. I was in there on my rap. A- got a gun, music blasting, thinking I'm safe. Playing around. Then after that.
3: Wayne accidentally pulled the trigger and the bullet tore through his chest. Laid out on the floor, he crawled to the phone and called 911. Four New Orleans policemen responded to the call, including an off-duty officer known as Uncle John.
7: Went over to the address, 349 Monroe Street. We started checking the apartments, and when we got to his apartment, all we could hear was loud music. I heard them
0: knocking, like, somebody in there? And of course I couldn't scream or nothing like that and say, yeah, somebody's in here. I got a big bullet over my chest. I can't make no noise.
7: We knocked hard and loud ourselves and got no response.
0: Just beating like, and then they stopped beating. So the first thing in my mind, I was like, oh, they didn't left. like, they don't even know I'm in here. I'm going to die in. So I guess, I don't know, I guess something clicks in your head and told
7: me, go to the living room. I just slid to the door on my own blood. We heard someone moaning inside saying they needed help. Well, we went ahead and kicked the door in, found little Wayne laying on the ground bleeding from a gunshot wound in the chest. He picked me up and he told
0: whoever was driving, he's like,
7: behind the wheel, now! They opened the door for me because I had him in my arms. I was carrying him just like a baby. He was drifting in and out of consciousness. His eyes were drifting backwards into his head.
0: i like, looking up at him like, who are you? he said, I'm Uncle John. That's what he told me his name was, Uncle John.
7: I kept talking to him the whole time, trying to keep him awake, you know, saying, it's going to be all right, you know, tell me what happened, trying to just keep him, you know, alive.
3: On the afternoon of November 11th, 1994, 12-year-old Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. was rushed to a New Orleans hospital with a gunshot wound to his chest.
0: I was so small. And blood just was everywhere, so everybody was like, Oh my God, it's a baby! I remember that. but then after that, I was out.
3: Doctors operated on Wayne, and the difference between life and death came down to less than an
6: inch. The bullet was this far away from his heart, like a centimeter, so away from his heart. Went straight in and straight out. My angel was watching over him. He still got bullet fragments in his chest. It's so
0: close to my heart that they can't go there. So, yeah, I got some pieces, though, too, like two, two fragments over my heart, but they good. They ain't gonna move no shit like that unless I get in a magnetic field.
3: After several days on life support, Wayne eventually recovered. And when he returned to his seventh grade class, his brush with death became a badge of honor. I walk around that with no shirt on.
0: I thought I was Tupac. You know, all the. Let me see your wound. Let me patch you up. Because I'm going to go to school for nursing, so let me do
5: this. He got sympathy and he got the bad boy image at the same time. What more can you ask for?
3: Fully healed, Wayne settled back into life as a star student and aspiring MC. He also found stability at home. His mother had married a local hustler named Reginald Rabbit McDonald and Rabbit quickly became a pivotal figure in Wayne's young life.
6: Rabbit was the first dude to really take him under his wing and teach him things, you know what I'm saying, and treat him like like a son. He's my father. He was my father that ain't my father.
0: He didn't look at me as a kid, neither. Looked at me as a young man.
3: Sadly, Wayne and Rabbit would have only four short years together. In the early morning of July 20th, 1997, Wayne's stepfather was shot to death outside of a New Orleans gas station.
0: Honestly, I was so young to where it wasn't even cool to cry. You know, I was that young. It didn't really hit me till the funeral. Seeing him, that's when I was like, wow, like he's gone. But after that, you gotta be your mom's husband. You know what I mean? You gotta be
3: strong, man. Just 14 years old, Wayne dropped out of school to put everything he had into his music career, and what was once a dream was now a necessity.
0: I know I had to get off my ass and do something. That's how I looked at it, straight up. I just looked at it like a soldier. I'd gone into war.
3: Wayne joined forces with three of the best young rappers in New Orleans, Juvenile, BG, and Turk, to form Cash Money's new group, The Hot Boys. The Hot Boys developed a friendly rivalry, pushing each other and especially Wayne to new creative heights.
5: I used to go in the studio with them and tell them, hey man, you better have your best rhyme or your best rap together because I'm gonna kill you on this song. And that pretty much created a competition between us.
0: We used to challenge each other in a good way, you know, in a positive way, you know what I'm saying? Like we was all in it together.
3: The Hot Boys quickly found local success and began touring the South. But while Wayne was on the road, his mother Sita was back home and longing for company.
0: Rabbit was gone. She had nobody there. She just made a broad statement one day, like, "Uh, when you gonna bring me a child, a a granddaughter, a grandson up in here? I'm bored, boy, I'm lonely. And then one day I was like, you know, like, I really, um, somebody's pregnant. And 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 instead of her being like, what, she was like,
3: yes! Wayne's high school girlfriend, Toya Johnson, gave birth in the early hours of November 29th, 1998. And at 16, Lil Wayne became a father. The couple named their daughter Regine, in honor of Wayne's stepfather, Rabbit.
0: One of the most beautiful days in the world, in my life. Um, I was there. I saw the nasty-ass <laughs> <as laughs> It's nasty, man. I saw it, but I was there. it was beautiful.
3: It was also inspiration. With another mouth to feed, Wayne helped push the Hot
8: Boys forward. And in 1999, they became a national sensation. The thing I loved about the Hot Boys was the Hot Boys come together when the boy band thing is at its peak. And so the Hot Boys is at once this like gangster rap version of a boy band. And it's also this brilliant parody of a boy band because it's so raw.
3: While Juvenile was the hot boy's undisputed star, Wayne found a way to make his mark. One night in the studio, he made up a word that would change pop culture forever.
0: Baby said, Wayne, why don't you catch the end of this song? I used to do all the little sounds in my verses. I said, man, what sound I could do? I was like, tell me. What kind? I said, bling.
4: Wayne started bling bling. That's his creation. At that time, If we'd have knew better, I'd have copyrighted that
3: Now established as a voice to be reckoned with, Wayne would get a shot at his own
4: solo album. The Block Is Hot was wrote before, you know, we even could say, like, dude, we working on your album. He already had his little raps or whatever together going, just give me a shot, make the beats, and get out the way.
3: The Block Is Hot went platinum in a matter of weeks. And at 17, the once impoverished MC from Hollygrove was already a millionaire.
0: My first big check, I gave it to my mom. We gave it straight to her. First thing she went and did, bought a new house. Just to know I was able to take care of things and she still could live the way she liked to live. That was enough for me.
3: By the turn of the millennium, Wayne and the Hot Boys had become one of hip-hop's biggest acts. But their reign at the top wouldn't last long. Disputes over money would break up the group, leaving Wayne on his own. Things only got worse when his next solo album failed to meet expectations. Just 20 years old, Wayne found himself at a crossroads. That's
0: probably the hardest time where I was really thinking about every day. Thinking about the same thing every day. I don't know if I want to go be with a new company. I don't know if I want to keep rapping. I ain't know what I want to do.
3: Coming up, Wayne faces his moment of truth and then looks into the eye of the storm when behind the music continues
1: in the 1980s and 90s new york city needed a tough cop like detective louis scarcella putting bad guys away
3: there's no feeling like it in the world.
8: He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's
1: one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away for murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And The law
4: was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom.
1: Derek... And other convicted murderers. Started a law firm behind bars.
4: We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarsella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves.
1: I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts.
3: It's 3 a.m., and while most of America is fast asleep, Lil Wayne is just getting to work. After a three-hour concert, a quick meal, and a few airings of Sports Center, he is ready to start up on a new song. After shuffling through some potential tracks, Wayne makes his choice. Wayne's daily songwriting process is both simple and eccentric. No pens, no paper, just the beat of the music and the thoughts it inspires. Wayne's been improvising music like this since he faced the moment of truth in 2002. After the Hot Boys broke up, Wayne's solo career was faltering. Convinced that the physical process of writing was constraining his creativity, the 21-year-old MC decided to purge himself of all of his written material in one pivotal recording session.
0: I said, you know what? The only way I won't be able to rap anything I've written again is to record everything I've written all at once. So therefore I have no more written material.
3: Armed with a notebook filled with all of his unrecorded lyrics, Wayne entered the booth and
6: let loose. You could hear the songs ripping. You could hear the pages ripping as he was going through all his last raps and that was the last time he ever wrote anything down.
3: Wayne emerged from the booth with 10,000 bars, an uninterrupted 35 minute song that would mark the end of an era.
0: When I stopped writing, I've noticed that everything was real now. I can't speak about nothing but what's real because I can't write nothing down.
6: That changed Wayne as an artist. He started pouring all his feelings out, everything was on his heart, everything was in his head. He just started putting it out.
3: Re-energized by his new freestyle approach, Wayne released The Carter in 2004. It would go on to become a top five hit and put to rest any doubt about the 22-year-old MC and the label he had helped build. It
0: was just like, wow, okay, you know, all the haters, hello. Cash Money's still here standing, and now they have a new star. His name is Wayne, and he can hold this label.
3: Intent on continuing his musical evolution, Wayne moved to Miami and began to work with a new range of artists and producers. But while he'd found stability in his career, he began to long for it in his personal life.
0: I start feeling like I need to be with my baby mama. You know what I mean? Like, I need to be in my daughter's life at this vital time. the choice I made was move Toya and resonate in with me and marry Toya.
3: On Valentine's Day 2004, Wayne and his high school sweetheart, Toya Johnson, were married.
0: I was in love again. All that because I felt, wow. This is, you know, all the feelings, I guess, that I should have felt the day I was watching her give birth. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is the mother of my child. Like, you know what I mean? I thought about that then. You know what I mean? I was like, Will you marry me. So she said, yeah, And that's how we did that.
3: Wayne and Toya settled into life together. But a year later, the city where they first fell in love would be changed forever. On August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina made landfall in New Orleans, destroying almost everything in its path. But 800 miles away in Miami, the initial devastation had little impact on Wayne.
0: At that time, nothing affected me. I lost some cars in a house, $300,000 house. that I got $300,000 chains on and man. You gotta understand, I wasn't even there and my parents wasn't there, and my kid wasn't there. So, you know what I mean? So, like, I didn't have to muster up nothing.
3: But in the days that followed, the tragedy began to hit home in ways that Wayne could have never imagined.
5: Somebody that's close to us, he was swimming with his little cousin, and he died, like, right in front of him. It like, was moments of disbelief, like, we can't really believe that this just happened. Like. Call and be like, you know, such and such. That be like, we was beefing with Hurricane Are
0: You
5: like
0: that killed somebody that I know for real.
3: Wayne's astonishment spurred him into action, but rather than join celebrity fundraising efforts, he returned home and quietly went to work rebuilding a local park. And with cash money. Helping to feed and clothe those in need.
0: You know, I'm from New Orleans. I'm related to the people that live in those (laughs) I have to help them, not helping the world. Y'all helping the world get over something that didn't even happen to them. Because y'all ain't helping nobody in New Orleans if you think you did.
3: In the aftermath of Katrina and the federal government's controversial response, Wayne channeled his emotions into a song. Released on his critically acclaimed mixtape, The Dedication 2, he called it Georgia Bush.
0: Wasn't sentimental. I never said that I'm, and I'm hurt by it. I was like, you. Cousin, I don't have a childhood. I don't have, I can't go back to my neighborhood because it's not a neighborhood. I can't go back to my city and say, I remember being five years old, having a party here because it's not that anymore.
3: In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, the entire Cash Money family relocated with Lil Wayne to Miami. But the disaster stayed close to their hearts and inspired, they went back to work. We strong survivors,
5: you know, New Orleans people, period.
0: We can maintain whatever our tradition is during tragedy. You know, even during hurricane, you know, you still saw people
5: rejoicing and still in the street. because it's what we do. That's what we was taught coming up under Baby and Slim, like, you know, to keep on moving. And that's the
3: mentality we had. Wayne released the Carter II in December 2005. And following in the footsteps of his hero, Jay-Z, boldly pronounced himself the best rapper alive.
8: Jay-Z was kind of in his semi-retirement phase and Lil Wayne said, he saw like an empty niche and he was saying, I'm gonna be the best rapper alive. That's me, I'm the best rapper alive.
0: Everybody know my confidence for music and what I do is through the roof. And I believe you're supposed to have this kind of confidence, it's like a sport. Nobody is better than me.
3: While the Carter Two went platinum, Wayne still felt he wasn't getting the respect he deserved, so he took matters into his own hands. Over the next 12 months, he appeared on over 100 songs, both through his own underground mixtapes and as a guest rapper for artists as diverse as Fall Out Boy and Fat Joe. But true validation came when the phone rang one night and Jay-Z was on the line.
0: Everybody was all quiet, everybody just looking at me on the phone. He just hollered at me, though, and just said some real slick, shit, like, I see you, though. I see you, little. Shit. just want you to know I see you. I was like, man, right. I know what that meant, though. It was like my hero telling me, You're coming for me.
3: In Wayne's eyes, he had finally arrived, but it came at a cost. His two year marriage to Toya Johnson had fallen apart. Toya wasn't ready for
0: what my life was. Life is working every night and working all night. I don't plan on stopping this no time soon, like, and that's why I had to make the ultimate decision.
3: Wayne's divorce from Toya was finalized in January of 2006, and on the heels of the painful split, Wayne drew deeper into the world of drugs. While he had always been known as a prolific pot smoker, rumors began to spread about a possible addiction to prescription cough syrup.
8: Syrup is something that any hip-hop fan, especially fan of Southern hip-hop, has to have real mixed feelings about. It's inspired a lot of music, but it's also killed a lot of great musicians. Drugs were obviously a a big part of Wayne's
4: uh, life. Publicly, you would see him with a white styrofoam cup. We didn't know for sure, but it seemed like, you know, this guy's just constantly, you know, taking syrup.
6: Me being a friend, I had my opinion about that situation and we just butted on it, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do what I want,
0: because I do what I want every day.
3: Regardless of the urging of friends and family, Lil Wayne continued down a path of potential self-destruction.
0: Why in the hell should I stop drinking whatever it is in my cup? I think people need to mind their own business. I don't care if it was heroin in my cup. It's in my
3: cup. F- you. Coming up, Wayne's outlaw ways catch up with him when behind the music continues.
1: In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella, putting bad guys away.
3: There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's
1: one version. This guy is a piece of sh. Derek Hamilton was put away for murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek. And other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars.
4: We never knew we had the same cop in the case. It's Garcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves.
1: I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts.
3: On July 22, 2007, Lil Wayne was set to play his first headlining show in New York City. Having recently been arrested for drug possession in Atlanta, Wayne's outlaw reputation was on the rise. And as he prepared to take the stage, Wayne was frisked by police and forced to go through a metal detector. Wayne channeled his anger into a memorable performance, and when he left the theater several hours later, spirits were high.
5: We hop on a bus, we jumping up, we sweating. We got a few chicks that flew in, we just amp. We broke a block and we getting pulled over. I knew it wasn't about to be quick. Somebody's going to jail.
3: New York police boarded Wayne's tour bus and discovered eight ounces of marijuana and a loaded 40 caliber pistol.
5: The Chief, he didn't even know who Wayne was. That's crazy, that's crazy. He, he had to ask the younger ones, which one is Lil Wayne? Put the cuffs on him.
3: Although the marijuana was attributed to a member of his entourage, Wayne was arrested and charged with two counts of weapons possession. However, his camp still contends that the gun was not his.
7: Little Wayne, show me your face, baby. Come
6: on, man. I don't want to comment too much about it because the case is still open. I'm saying it's public record that this is, that was mine. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Wayne don't tote any guns on at all.
3: The facts of the case are still being argued in court. If convicted, Wayne could be facing up to three and a half years in prison.
0: I ain't pressed on it. I ain't looking forward to it. I ain't thinking on it. It'll it'll, it'll die over when it die over. And whatever happens from it will happen from it.
3: In the wake of his arrest, Lil Wayne was eager to put the distractions of 2007 behind him. And he poured his energy back into his music. Continuing to flood the streets with mixtapes, Wayne was hotter than ever.
6: Wayne was in every nook and cranny in everybody's
8: iPod, everybody's CD changer, like everywhere you turn, Wayne was proving that he was the greatest. The only thing people were waiting to see was, can that transfer to a hit album, to him really selling a lot of records and selling records the way pop stars do.
3: Wayne's answer was the Carter Three. Fueled by the raw sexuality of Lollipop, both the single and the album shot to number one. More astonishing, in its first week alone, the Carter Three sold over one million copies.
4: We put that record out, and it was over.
5: 1.5 million records in the first week. Who's doing that? Eminem's not doing it. Kanye's not doing it. Justin's not doing it. Britney's not doing it. Nobody's doing it.
0: The 1.5 in the first week. That was, that was, on a scale of one uh, to 10,000, that was just unexplainable.
3: As the Carter three continued to soar, Wayne won the hearts of fans the world over. And the mainstream media came calling. From daytime sports talk to a primetime Grammy special with Katie Couric, Wayne was everywhere, all the time, gaining even the acknowledgement of the biggest star of the year,
4: When Obama said that, we just looked at each other like, damn, we gonna get in that White House. (laughs) Definitely, we gonna get in the White House.
5: It made
0: me feel like I was that great because he didn't use me in the sense of a person. He used me in the sense of a myth. Something that just impossible.
3: In just 12 short months, Wayne had transformed himself from an eccentric outlaw to a
8: cultural phenomenon. 2008 was Lil Wayne. He was the central, not just the central dude in hip hop, he seemed like the central pop star of that year.
3: In 2008, Lil Wayne became hip hop's undisputed king, and on Grammy night 2009, America witnessed his coronation. Nominated for eight awards, Wayne's career would come full circle. In a stirring performance of his Katrina-inspired anthem, Tie My Hands, Wayne paid tribute to his beloved hometown. Then after performing with his idol, Jay-Z, Wayne went head-to-head against him for Rap Album of the Year.
0: I don't think i felt like that again in my life yet. That was an unexplainable feeling, an
3: unbelievable feeling. Wayne would take home four Grammys on the evening, sharing his triumph with his mother, Sita, and the father figures who had helped lead him on a remarkable journey that began at the age of nine.
6: That's the best night of my life, man.
4: That was joy
6: that, that you can't explain.
4: Just watching it showed me how far we can go. It ain't about how far we went. went. it's how far we can go.
0: When you win a Grammy, that's like going to the Hall of Fame. I don't care what show I'm on. I don't care if they're talking about the news and me going to jail. It's the Grammy award-winning Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? And that right there, I felt like, wow, you can't get no moment more better.
3: It is long past midnight in Newark, New Jersey, and a packed arena has witnessed the superstar in his prime. In 27 short years, Lil Wayne has already lived a lifetime of tragedy and triumph. And while his future remains uncertain, one thing is clear, he has no intentions of slowing down.
6: Where we come from is very hard. From the start, all are against you. So he just got on his horse and did what he had to do to be somebody. This was a guy that's pushed the envelope, went beyond the boundaries, went beyond the stereotypes. He's still growing, you know what I'm saying? He's not even at his peak yet, you know what I'm saying? He's still rising. Everything
0: about me is about music. I'm a real artist. So, a real artist, man, you give me a canvas and I'll give you art.
9: Following the success of the Carter 3, Lil Wayne continued his prolific run of album and mixtape releases with multiple mixtapes under the Dedication and No Ceiling series, as well as the Carter 4 and the Carter 5. Even an eight-month jail sentence in 2010 couldn't stop Lil Wayne from releasing music, with the I Am Not a Human Being mixtape released while he was in prison and the Carter Four shortly after his release. Despite controversy with his label, Cash Money Records, Lil Wayne has sold over 120 million records worldwide, cementing his status as one of the world's best-selling artists. In addition to his own impressive string of albums, mixtapes, and features, Lil Wayne helped introduce a new generation of rap artists with his record label, Young Money, including Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Tiger. With five Grammy Awards, 11 BET Awards, four Billboard Music Awards, two MTV Video Music Awards, and eight NAACP Image Awards, Lil Wayne... Has cemented his legacy as one of hip hop's greatest. Listen and subscribe to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to rate and review Behind the Music on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music. Only on Paramount
0: Plus.